How did I do? I think I did pretty well. Yeah, she said you were cool, basically. Basically? Was I some percentage not cool? No, she said you were cool, but, you know. No, I don't know. Sort of how you are. It's fine, relax. What do you mean, how am I? What does that mean? Sort of like me. Sort of like you? I hope to God she didn't tell Nikki that. Why? Because it, it's just not right lumping you and I together. It's, I mean, it's just wrong and Nikki wouldn't like that. Especially after all the shit you just told me. You think that I'm crazier than you. <laughs> because, well, we're different, I mean. Oh my God. Oh, you're killing me. You know what? Forget I offered to help you. Forget the entire fucking idea. Because that must have been fucking crazy. Because I am so much crazier than you. Keep your voice down. I'm just the crazy slut with a dead husband. <laughs> Forget it! Shut the fuck up. <laughs> God, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? You think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Hello everyone and welcome once again to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. This is episode number 168, Silver Linings Playbook. We've kind of reached that weird point in both, I guess, like the history of the show and maybe our lives. Where I have these weird moments now where I'm like, did we already do this for the show? And not even <laughs> I can just remember this. everything we've done and haven't done. I know I'm you very have. clear I, on that. I, I know, but like, I, I know you have, but like... And not even just this, when we start talking, like, I'm just like, I, I feel like we've done an episode on American Hustle, even though I know we haven't. Well, you put it in your top of the decade. I know, list, and that so gets we talked us, about it then. And that gets us talking about it. Yeah. But I, I know you and I have now talked about this, like, off mic a, a few times, but rewatching this movie, even, like, going back to when we saw this in the theater, I think you had already seen it in the theater and were, like, <laughs> willing to go see it a second time. And I, I don't even remember seeing it a second time. But well, I believe you. You though. and I saw it together at Southside Works, actually. Okay, yeah, that's uh, kind of ringing a bell. Definitely a wintry time, so I remember this being like a wintry movie. I can remember walking out the first time I saw it in Squirrel Hill. Okay. And having a lot of opinions about Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, well, listen, she <laughs> looks good in this movie. Wears. Yeah, it's nuts. But again, we, we've gone through it together. This movie it makes absolutely no sense. It doesn't seem real in it's any It's completely sense of the insane. Way. Absolutely. But so enjoyable all yeah, the way through. I really great. enjoy watching it. Listen, watching it again the other night for doing this podcast, I was just like, man, I really enjoy this movie. It's entertaining. It's funny. It's fun. Like, it was one of my favorite movies of 2012, without a doubt. Absolutely. It was right up at the top of my list. And it's essentially a rom-com, and there's not really anything 
that special or unique about it. It's just the acting performances are really dialed in. Sure. The characters are crazy. Yeah, yeah. Which allows a little bit of leeway with the plot right. and the, the story not quite adding up yeah, yeah. and making sense. This was kind of like paving the way for American Hustle with like the crazy characters and crazy performances. Yeah, I think the one thing that people always criticize American Hustle for is that they don't know what's going on, that it doesn't make sense and it's confusing and it isn't really that well explained. But that never really bothered me with that movie either just because there's a certain electricity to these oh, David yeah. O. Russell I movies agree. that start with The Fighter, even up through Joy, which is a movie that really didn't need to be made it's about <laughs> no, inventing yeah. a mop i mean i don't really know <laughs> right, yeah. if it's that exciting but the performances even in that movie are always very electric oh, and yeah. i mean if j-law isn't in, in joy that movie's maybe an f whereas it actually ends up being like a b or b minus but i think that silver linings playbook and american hustle and the fighter are all part of a david o russell renaissance oh i think so after a, a hiatus that yeah, we just well, talked yeah, about right. off mic <laughs> after I Heart Huckabees. Diving into it. Yeah, and really, like, for me, uh, a time where I was like, wow, I, I, I think Bradley Cooper is a pretty good actor. Regardless of the ridiculous level <laughs> of the, quote, illness of the character, I think that he's really good in this movie. I think that Jennifer Lawrence, I think, maybe won an Oscar for this movie. Yeah, she did. Which seems shocking. I, I love Jennifer Lawrence. I have no ill feelings towards her whatsoever. I think she's incredibly great in American Hustle. I don't think her performance is that great in this movie. I don't think it's I do, bad. It doesn't I do, jump out to me. I do like it. It's the type of performance that the Academy likes to reward, which is the young ingenue bursting okay. out on the scene. Yeah, true. I mean, if you listen to our last episode on Go, at the end we talked about Marriage Story and kind of like, the real dialing it up of the characters. I mean, that's kind of what she's doing at times in this. She sort of does that in all of the David O. Russell movies to a certain oh, yeah. extent. Maybe less so in Joy, but she's really kind of just chewing up the scenery in a fun way. I agree, though, about Bradley Cooper. I think this performance is better than A Star is Born. I think this is probably his best performance yeah, ever in a really movie. I think really good in this. It's funny that David O. Russell cast him based on his performance in Wedding Crashers. That's really <laughs> what we saw him in. Yeah. And it's funny because the original people that David O. Russell had in mind for this were Vince Vaughn and Zoe Deschanel. And wow. it took yeah. so long to get together and just things changed. And obviously they ended up trying out a bunch of people for the role of Tiffany in the movie. They didn't want to give it to Jennifer Lawrence because she's way too young, really, which we can talk about more as we go. Well, it's weird. It ended up happening like how many movies Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence were in together. Yeah, because they were in a couple of david o russell movies but then also what was it called like serena or something yeah yeah some something, movie like that right. i don't know but yeah i mean she is 15 years younger than bradley cooper and the tiffany character in the original novel is supposed to be like in her early to mid 30s and they don't really address her age That's, it, in the movie other than he says how old are you at one point yeah, she yeah. just says like old enough to not again i mean the, <laughs> go to a mental hospital <laughs> yeah. or something there is a ridiculous amount of things in in this movie one of which being that jennifer lawrence is a widow uh, again like you, you just well it's think. i mean there's i don't even know if that's the most ridiculous i kind well, of bought that i mean there's many things but the fact that she just is so in on trying to get with this pat character who seems 
not fucked up enough. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know what's in it for her, why he's the one that she really wants for this dance thing, why she falls in love with him. I don't know. I guess you can't really ever explain why people fall in love with each other, but it does seem like there's this whole well, ongoing okay, story yeah. behind the scenes where Pat's parents are like kind of putting this together. Yeah, yeah. But why is she doing this? Well, I don't he's know. Doing the, he is certainly saying and doing things that would be, quote, deal breakers for women. I think, you know? I think you're supposed to take, though, that she likes that. I guess because so, she's, yeah fucked up too right and which that's one of the things that never plays for me really in this movie too like he and maybe it's exaggerated but okay the issues are apparent with her he's he's bipolar her issues i think are just depression and it's uh, more general and it's never diagnosed in the movie. yeah because i mean it's like you you flash forward to like the diner date that they're on and she's just like throwing stuff off the table like i haven't been on a date where that didn't happen <laughs> She's like a yeah. Alexis Bledel in Mad Men. Oh, yeah. They're just Whew. like giving her electro th- shock therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like my dream girl. <laughs> okay, so Silver Linings Playbook, 2012, written and directed by David O. Russell, based on the novel by Matthew Quick. Budget, $21 million, made $236.4 million, was a wow. huge hit. Nominated Massive. for tons of Oscars. It was the first to be nominated in all five ma- major categories in like 20 years. It was the first to be nominated in all four acting categories since Reds in 1981. Yeah, yeah. It's a little crazy right. that Jackie Weaver and even De Niro were nominated. I, I love Robert De Niro. Uh, sure. I think he's great in The Irishman. I think it was kind of a shock that he didn't get nominated for a Golden Globe. I don't know if that means he won't get nominated for an Oscar, but whatever. I don't really know if he's good in this movie. It seems like he's he doesn't fine. remember his lines all the time. Yeah. I think he's fine. <laughs> the whole like tone and vibe around his character. I think yeah. it's apparent they couldn't really lock in on what it's supposed to be. Yeah, I, David O. Russell worked on the script for five years. He rewrote it 25 times. It seems like they shot two different versions of a lot of the scenes with Robert De Niro. Or either that or I don't know if they shot all of them, but they planned them. They thought about them. Some more harsh and mean some more loving and warm kind of I think is what they went with they weren't really sure how to get all of these things right obviously when you have like a novel that's probably like 300 pages and we should say that neither of us have read this novel so we don't know but you can do a lot more in the pages of a novel than you can in a two-hour movie oh yeah so it's hard to get all this right and get it all together and I think that's probably why sometimes the movie's baffling and illogical with a handful oh, of scenes right. that are just flat-out ludicrous and defy all believability. <laughs> yeah. And yet, as you said, I mean, at the end, it's a feel-good crowd-pleaser. Oh, yeah. It's blessed with home-run, career-defining performances from Cooper. And I say Lawrence, too. You, I guess, aren't as high on it. For me, give me her performance in American Hustle any day over I believe she one. was nominated for supporting actress okay. for that. Well, listen, should have won. <laughs> Now, I She's think- definitely a scene stealer in American Hustle. I just think that when you look at, like, okay, so Emma Stone won around this time, Brie Larson won around this time. Okay. You can kind of see where they were at. With I get it. The younger, um, under listen, 30 actresses. I- I'm fine with it. I just, I don't know. Did she peak too soon in her career? Probably. I mean, yeah. She went on All a the run great ones do. With these David O. Russell movies, which were like her artistic choices, and then she had the big box office with. Hunger Games and the X Men. Yeah. And now it's kind of like, where do you go from here? Yeah, yeah. Is she, I don't even think she's 30 yet. So it's like, what? It's all over. 
what do you, where do you go as an actress when you win a best actress award maybe she can get age? like a lead role on like a showtime original series or something it's tough but for women beyond that i just can't see her having much of a place it's and... tough for women when you think like <laughs> what's the track record so like jodie foster wins best actress twice wow hillary swank wins best actress twice yeah these are women that should be celebrated and being offered all kinds of shit, right. and yet you They'll never be like really Mark see Ruffalo's wife in like a moderately successful. <laughs> well, Anne Hathaway ever. only ever won supporting actress <laughs> yeah. for Les Misérables. We talk about it all the time, and you know, listen, bring on the one star ratings if you have to. But I love the you know, like we live in a time now where like the woke oh, vision no. of this movie is how exploitative it is towards like, mental illness and stuff. Do people say that? I think so a little bit. It's kind of being light on the fact that like goofing on people having mental illness or whatever. But this movie is so far from believable. Plus, I think the, it's just the so- point of it is to not segregate those people from society that it's like to more. Sure. Because uh, his whole thing is to find the silver linings and everything, which Okay, maybe that isn't a real treatment for mental illness, but I don't think it's a negative message. I know. (laughs) I think the idea is just dealing with the hand you're dealt, and some people are dealt with a more difficult path because of a mental illness. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, yeah, there are parts of it that are played for humor, but again, I think that goes back to David O. Russell rewriting the script a bunch of times, trying to find that right balance. Because, yes, this is a romantic comedy with fucked up people, I, I don't really think there's a ton of... I mean, this movie is... I mean, it's like seven years old. I mean, the, if we're changing... You don't think that people are going back and doing... We talk about this every episode. No, I know, but I, it just it's exhausting to think I know that. It like, how, when, what right, is listen. the limit? Are we going seven minutes back now and reevaluating <laughs> yeah, that? Come I know. On. Right. This movie made a ton of money. It had super high Rotten Tomatoes I, right, yeah. score and was nominated for tons of Oscars. I, I just think it's silly to try to recontextualize how people actually felt in the moment, which was positive about yeah, sure. the movie. Yeah. And that's because of the good performances. And I mean, it's great to see Chris Tucker pop up in a movie Absolutely. as Danny in this. Which Not a lot like, of appearances for him it, post It's, it's weird, actually. I remember this was like during a time when I was listening to the Ron and Fez show a lot, and Chris Tucker went on the show and ronnie b was you know how he always had this way of like acting like things were normal he would talk to him and be like yeah you know you're really selective with the movies and like the choices that you make of the roles that you're going to perform but for any of us who sit back and know chris tucker is kind of this energetic kind of like magnetic personality on screen it is like one of the great mysteries like what's going on there and i mean we don't have to get into it but it is kind of like shocking he's in these like rush hour movies that make like a ton of money and basically like nothing else post that time period just pops up in this is good and fun in the scenes that he's in i think most people assume that he must have been in some bombs and stuff and that's what his career kind of just faded but if you go and look at his imdb he was in rush hour rush hour two rush hour three and then Silver Linings Playbook seven years after right, Rush right. Hour 3. Yeah. And then he's been in one other movie since Silver Linings Playbook, which was kind of a bomb, although he was not like the star of it. Sure, sure. It was Ang Lee's Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk or whatever the name of that movie is. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I There's obviously speculation about different things. And yeah, who knows? He was a stand-up, and then he seems to have found religion, and then kind of backed away from like that whole thing of like not swearing but that still doesn't really explain not appearing in anything which is just really strange i know it is weird 
but whatever. I mean, I'm happy to see him in this. Yeah, he's funny in it. Okay, so let's just jump into the movie. Sure. A lot of points uh, to again, cover. Again, I mean, kind of similar it. to Go, it's like a, a non-traditional Christmas movie for me. Okay, yeah, I think so. It came out around Thanksgiving, and then it builds up to Christmas at the end. Yeah, I definitely remember seeing it in the theater with you, like, uh, around this time. Yeah. I feel like I enjoy winter in that time between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Like, things just sort of feel chill and, like, at ease. And, like, you're not really full-on hating life yet because you haven't hit those negative five-degree days. <laughs> well, yeah, the the winter post-Christmas, or Ooh. I guess, like, post-New Year's is real bleak. Oh, yeah. Until spring. <laughs> right. You're just, like, hold on, like, can I live, yeah. you know, without throwing myself off the George Washington Bridge. It's interesting uh, that until then. one movie back after a hiatus, The Fighter, which got yeah. nominated for tons of shit, oh, yeah. was also a huge financial success. David O. Russell just right into that awards season mix every year, basically, that he released something for a few years. Because Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle, and Joy all were positioned in this time period. Well, yeah, this guy who I like, I like his works, but he kind of disappears for a while and then comes back and is just like riding this wave. Yeah, I guess maybe for our listeners who aren't familiar, his first breakout was like flirting with disaster. Yeah. Because I didn't he do like spanking the monkey or something? That real weird that movie, movie about him like wanting to have yeah. sex with his mom or okay, something. Right. <laughs> I like how you try to like get me to shut up. No, no, like, I okay. really don't know. That sounds familiar that that's a movie that he did. Flirting with disaster, definitely. Right. Yeah. And then Three Kings, which was with Wahlberg, Clooney, and Ice Cube, right? Yeah. And, and Spike that, Jones. Yeah, and that led to the whole thing with Clooney punching him in the face. Right. He gets this reputation for being hard to work with. Everyone knows the viral video from I Heart Huckabees with him oh, and yeah. Lily Tomlin. It was pretty crazy. They played it on Howard Stern and Opie and Anthony and sure, stuff. Sure. I mean, it was out there. After I Heart Huckabees, which was a financial disaster, didn't make any money. Although I like I saw it. it in the theater, oh, by yeah, the way. Oh, yeah, listen. <laughs> I like I Heart Huckabees. Yeah, I do too. It's a little too obscure. Like, yeah, it's yeah. not exactly as crowd pleasing as the fighter oh, or sure. silver linings playbook but yeah well, it was weird it's enough. interesting it was kind of like right in that time of like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and yeah i think it was like, like a year or two before but yeah 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 like leading into like just sort of being weird about stuff too yeah and i think it's his most personal movie yeah it's the movie like he wrote and it, it meant a lot to him for whatever reason it's like his thing and i don't know if it was like the failure of that or just whatever but he basically disappears for seven years and then he gets brought into the yeah, fighter right. for all the stories about him being hard to work with Wahlberg seemed to be a, a supporter of him and i know Wahlberg was attached to the fighter project well yeah. before and Wahlberg was, was in i heart huckabees and it, right Three and he, Kings like so obviously like he brings him into the fighter right. and that gets a lot of attention christian bale i remember like the oscar going to see the fighter in the theater yeah, and it was like a big i feel like we went at like midnight no, that was Black Swan, which came oh. out like the same time, basically. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But same theater, though. <laughs> that was a fun year. Yeah, 2010 was awesome. But yeah, it was like a big deal. I was like, wow, David O. Russell's back. It feels like it's been forever. In retrospect, I mean, seven years is a long time. Although now it's been like, what, four or something since well, Joy? Well, that's the thing. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, he rode this wave for a while. Now it's kind of like, yeah. you know, who knows? So he's on this comeback. Silver Linings Playbook, though. I would say the buzz was 
even more than the fighter because the fighter people really weren't sure until it came out yeah. and then the reviews obviously were really good oh yeah, yeah. but like silver lining's playbook seemed to have a lot of buzz leading up to its release we were fans of winter's bone and that's obviously where sure. we first saw jennifer yeah, yeah. lawrence and it's weird following jennifer lawrence's career is like following an athlete <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, right. she, she was like a rookie in Winter's Bone, and now, you know, we watch this whole career, and then a few years later, she's winning an Oscar, and yeah. she's like one of the biggest actors. Now she's on like the senior tour. <laughs> Her career's like almost over. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you're okay with Veronica's sister coming over. Are you okay with that? Who? Cool. Veronica's sister. Tiffany. Tiffany and Tommy? Yeah, I mean, just Tiffany. What happened to Tommy? He died. Tommy died? Cops die. How'd he die? Please, don't bring it up. No, how did he die? I just said... How did who die? Hey, Tiffany. This is Pat. Pat. Sister-in-law Tiffany. You look nice. Thank you. I'm not flirting with you. I didn't think you were. I just see that you made an effort, and I'm going to be better with my wife. I'm working on that. I want to acknowledge her beauty. I never used to do that. I'm going to do that now, because we're going to be better than ever, Nikki. Just practicing. How'd Tommy die? The movie opens with Pat Jr., played by Bradley Cooper, just completing eight months of treatment at a mental health facility. Thoughts on Bradley Cooper both being, like, super Italian and Robert De Niro's son? Yeah, I'm not buying. (laughs) In all honesty, though, whenever you say it, then I'm like, yeah, that doesn't really make sense. It's not really ever anything I ever think about with, I agree. with movies okay. in general. Yeah. I usually just accept all that kind of stuff. You can tell me Chris Tucker was playing De Niro's son. I would be like, all right. Yeah, I, I can <laughs> see it. There's some resemblance there. So he's got this bipolar disorder. He has this ex-wife named Nikki. There's references to this incident that occurred that basically was the reason he was in this mental health facility. And reconciling with her is his obsession. Yeah. I guess we can kind of save more of the incident talk for when we finally see it when he's with his therapist. His whole thing now is focusing on the silver linings, and he has this expression that he says, Excelsior, which is like his motto. When the movie starts, I think that you are led to believe that the silver linings thing and Excelsior will come up more often than it does. It's It's true. It's barely mentioned throughout the movie. I agree. The title doesn't even really make that much sense. Absolutely, I remember this from the first time I saw it. I remember thinking, even the times that he talks about finding his silver lining, it almost feels crowbarred in there. Yeah, I'm sure it's covered more in the book. I would think, yeah. <laughs> Pat's mother, Dolores, played by Jackie Weaver, picks him Who up. Who we love from uh, Animal Kingdom. Yes. And Picnic and Hanging Rock. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> He's to be released into the care of her and Pat Sr., played by Robert De Niro. Unbeknownst to Pat Sr. at this time. Danny, played by Chris Tucker. He hops in the car. He's going to leave, it. too. Yeah. This is kind of a recurring joke throughout the movie. He's always trying to basically find a loophole to be able to leave. Yeah. He's like contesting all these different things. Eventually, I guess it works at the end, although you're still like... Not sure. I know. Is he allowed to be out? Right. But yeah, I mean, Dolores gets a call on her cell phone shortly into the drive. (laughs) She has to turn around. That almost turns into a whole disaster. Right, exactly. Well, that's the thing. One of the things that I do like about the scene is that she has that motherly feeling towards Pat and wanting to get him out and get him home and everything and like kind of is in a little bit of denial as to how serious maybe the issues are. But it's just like, 
him just acting like insane and like messing with the steering wheel while she's driving <laughs> is just like so reinforcing the fact that he is not okay. Yeah. So they go back, they take Danny home, and then they're coming back. And yeah, I mean, all of the clues are apparent right away. He's talking about reading Nikki's syllabus because she's a teacher. <laughs> her entire syllabus. So he's going to read all of the books that I guess her students are supposed to read, which seemed like a lot. We had to yeah. read books in high school, but I mean, that seemed like a stack. And we definitely did not read A Farewell to Arms, but whatever. Yeah, aside from the character being bipolar, there is a little bit of a part of me that relates to a relationship ending and me being very delusional about where it's heading. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, that should be the first clue. I mean, we as the audience don't know the full extent of what's happened. We just kind of get a sense of it. And then he's talking about this reading her syllabus. I just needed to know, like, you know, how much better that I'm doing and, like... (laughs) When they get back to the house, we find out that Pat Sr.'s been laid off, and now he's doing bookmaking and and all this illegal gambling. Which is a strange thing to just get into. To try to open up a restaurant. Yeah, I mean, again, that's something that's probably developed and explained more in a book. Right. You don't have time to Well, even the whole character of his friend... Yeah, a lot of that stuff doesn't even make sense to me, and I feel like I know some stuff about gambling. Right, and like things like make sense to you way more than they would to like most people. So, no, I mean I'm assuming that like there's some people that are watching the movie that don't really know about football or gambling that much. Yeah, right. And so I'm I'm when I say me, I'm including you. Betting against the spread. Yeah, not not even how gambling works, but like. You know what a he's the bookmaker, is. but he's making bets with this other guy, oh, sure, yeah. and also he seems to bet on the Eagles all the time, which would be a huge mistake to do that. <laughs> yeah. You never should be betting with your heart. He cheers for the Eagles and also bets on them. Right. It doesn't seem like that's a recipe for making money. I now know, this but all takes place. He is? I, I well, this all takes place in 2008, and the games that they reference are all from the 2008 season, which really happened. Now I do enjoy. His superstitions, though. <laughs> I can get into this. The whole, like, you got to sit here, here, the hold remotes, this. Right? <laughs> turning the remotes different yeah, right. ways. I like whenever Pat asks him, like, what's that? And he doesn't really even answer. He just, like, opens the handkerchief. <laughs> it just shows it to him, but doesn't really say anything. He just keeps folding the handkerchief in different ways. He's like, yeah. Yeah, oh, foof. <laughs> yeah I can relate a little bit. It's awkward every time Nikki is brought up. And Pat Sr.'s like, she got a restraining order. She She's moved gone. away. It's over. She's gone. Move she on. might still be right. with that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, Pat doesn't want to hear it's it. And these are all, tenure. like, clues. I think the idea here is that Dolores and Pat Sr. are from an older generation, obviously, that wasn't as in touch with mental illness, so they don't really know what to do. Oh, yeah. Well, mom especially is just like... It's something that you still see. Sure. That's yes. all I'm going to say. Okay, is the right, parents sometimes fair. are in denial. and Or oh, yeah. they're either in denial or they just don't know what to do. I don't think that his parents are in denial. I think they both realize that there's an issue here. But they're not sure what to do. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, there's like all sorts of Facebook posts. And you're just yeah. like, this is out of control. I'm glad that Pat wasn't hopping on Facebook. <laughs> it would have really been a Who scene. knows what he would have put it... They would have just been like a lot of like... Well, you know, when Nikki and I get back together... Well, they address it in the sense that they don't let him have a phone. Right. Now, in 2008, I don't know, it wasn't as common, I guess, to be doing all this stuff on your phone, but they never show him anywhere and near a And I guess that is, like, the sad thing about it, because you're talking about, like, a character with mental illness. You are thinking about, this is, like, a 40-year-old dude, and he can't be trusted to have a phone, which I guess you could probably relate to. No, but <laughs> there are 
points though where he says stuff yeah yeah that reveal that it's more than just like these manic episodes that there's like these delusions it only comes up a couple of times well, what this all is and what this all builds to kind of makes the end of the movie seem like a the delusion most ridiculous thing in the world yeah there's a point in the movie and it's never really like emphasized which yeah. i think it should be which is he starts to just take his medicine which okay, he does not right. do for the first like hour of the movie. It's like Shutter Island. And then eventually he just does it. And then that combined with like the thing with Tiffany kind of brings him back to reality. But it's but the medicine is there. Yeah, yeah. Which he wasn't taking at first. Right. Because he just kept refusing. But the first time he talks to Dr. Patel, he says that Nikki and the history guy were embezzling money to plot against him or something. <laughs> There's that. Right. And then after the incident with the wedding video and the cop comes into the house, oh, yeah. he stands up and says, like, Nikki's being controlled or something. You know, he just says, blurts yeah, out something yeah. insane. <laughs> Pat Senior's like, what are you doing? You can't say that crazy stuff to a cop. <laughs> and those are the only times where, like, the delusion part comes into it because other than that, he's just kind of manic. Like, he gets, like, sure. wild yeah, gets over some reason right. and then he can't focus and he goes crazy. But the no filter thing is kind of crazy, too. Yeah. It's just like, and also hilarious, where he keeps <laughs> yeah. saying like, Our husband is dead. dead. Yeah. yeah, which I mean is dark, but it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess we're kind of just jumping around, which I guess is, sure, is more is fun with this yeah, movie because right. it's kind of just a, a series of events. But the one thing before we're we trying even, to get the show like back under control, by the way, too. Well, I, I, I we failed. Okay, all right. Well, that was worth a shot. I think. One of the early incidents to bring up, I mean, all of them, I guess, are kind of important, but I do love when he's reading the first book on Nikki's syllabus and it's a farewell <laughs> to arms. He's so OCD or something, and he just is so dialed in. He just reads it straight through. I've done that, but with much shorter books. You did it with War and Peace. No, I mean, much shorter, like novellas or very short novels. Or it. No. <laughs> I got it. I know. I mean, you wouldn't be yeah. able to read a book like that right. in, in one night. But, yeah. like, he just sits there and just reads A Farewell to Arms. He finishes it at, like, four in the morning and throws the book <laughs> out the window. Yeah, yeah. You I can just, relate to that part, though. Yeah, where he's just, he runs into his parents' room at four in the morning and he's complaining about the book, <laughs> which is so insane. Oh, yeah. I do remember the first time seeing this movie. At this point, I'm 100% in oh, on this yeah. movie. I'm like, this is hilarious. This is insane. I love it. Where he's just going on and on about this book. <laughs> and he's like, and then there's scenes of them dancing. And those scenes were boring, but you didn't care because they were together. And you think, okay, maybe he should just end it there. But then she dies. <laughs> and his, his parents are just looking at him yeah, like, yeah. what the fuck right. is happening? <laughs> I just can't believe Nikki's teaching that book to the kids. I mean, it's the whole time. Let me just break it down for you. The whole time you're rooting for this Hemingway guy to survive the war and to be with the woman that he loves, Catherine Barkley. It's four o'clock in the morning, Pat. And he does. He does. He survives the war after getting blown up. He survives it, and he escapes to Switzerland with Catherine. But now Catherine's pregnant. Isn't that wonderful? She's pregnant. And they escape up into the mountains, and they're going to be happy, and they're going to be drinking wine, and they dance. They both like to dance with each other. There's scenes of them dancing, which was boring, but I liked it because they were happy. You think he ends it there? No. He writes another ending. She dies, Dad. I mean, the world's hard enough as it is, guys. 
It's fucking hard enough as it is. Can't somebody say, hey, let's be positive? Let's have a good ending to the story? Pat, you owe us an apology. Mom, I, for, I can't apologize. I'm not going to apologize for this. You know what I will do? I will apologize on behalf of Ernest Hemingway, because that's who's to blame here. Yeah, have Ernest Hemingway call us and apologize to us, too. I do think, like, my parents had some struggles with me like this a little <laughs> bit. They're like, you just need to relax. <laughs> I'm like, but I can't. This was, like, me at age, oh, like, yeah. 17 at 4 in the morning in my parents' room talking about Bug Juice yeah, season yeah. one. <laughs> I don't know. It is nuts, yeah. I can think of times where I was just like, I need to explain to you Sopranos season two from the pilot to the finale. <laughs> like, I don't know if you know this, but they whack big pussy. Like, I don't know. It is crazy. Now, the one thing is, is as I've gotten older, it's hard to feel passionate about anything now. So I think whatever, like, manic episodes I potentially could have had have Well, subsided. he's projecting his fantasy of getting back with Nikki onto this book, oh, too. Yeah. Because right. he sees that the main character is himself and then the love interest is Nikki and then... He thinks like they should be happily ever after, but then it doesn't end like that. And he doesn't even really care about the story. Oh, sure, sure. And then it ends in a way that he's not happy with, and he just he's all caught up in whatever he's thinking. And I get it. I don't think that either of us are as crazy as this character, but not to belittle mental no. illness. But I think that you can kind of relate to that feeling where your oh, mind's yeah. going a million miles oh, a minute, yeah. and you're very fixated on something. That happens to everybody a little bit. I yeah. mean, it, hopefully it comes and goes pretty I quickly. I do feel like I'm in, like, some weird combination of Pat Jr. and Pat Sr. I, I have, like, a little bit of, like, the obsessive thoughts thing going on. Yeah. I feel like you're actually Ronnie. I agree with that. We were, we're not there yet, but, like, I am Ronnie. Just, like, suffocating, you know? I you do just feel gotta like go you, out to the garage. Yeah, like, you and I have had some of those conversations where, like, I'm Ronnie and you're Pat. I'm just, like, explaining to you what's happening to me. <laughs> and you're just like, Jesus. <laughs> the first time that Pat goes to see his new doctor in the waiting room, they do a little experiment, which seems like something they wouldn't really do. <laughs> it kind of seems cruel, really. Well, yeah, there's that, but it also involves other people who yeah. aren't aware of what's happening, like the other people waiting in the waiting room. A lot of people in the waiting, in the waiting room. room. I, like, I mean, there's only one doctor. No, it, there were more. Okay. Because there was another name, and then the doctor that he says to the girl at the reception desk is not Dr. Patel. Okay. He says, did doctor somebody else put you up to all this? Right, all right. I'm assuming maybe a previous doctor. I don't know, but it seemed like there was a pretty booming therapy office. So they play "My Sharia More" by Stevie Wonder, and this song is a Love trigger it. because this is the song. <laughs> this was, a was his wedding song. It actually is just like a funny part when Dr. Patel's like, "I wanted to see if this was still a trigger for you." He's like, "Bravo, still a trigger." Not only was it his wedding song, which is a weird wedding song because the song itself is actually about unrequited love, which I guess is supposed to like mirror what's happening with him. But sure. Whatever. It's his wedding song, but also the song that was playing during the incident. And so this is the first time we see the incident kind of in pieces of a flashback. Uh, let's go back to the incident. I come home from work after I, I, I left early, which I never do, by the way, but I got in a fight with Nancy, the school high school principal. I come home, and what's playing but the song from my wedding? The song that you so charmingly played out here today for us. That's playing, and I don't think anything of it. 
which is odd, because I should have. I come home, what do I see? I see, I walk in the door and I see underwear and pieces of clothing and a guy's pants with his belt in it. And I walk up the stairs and all of a sudden I see the DVD player. And on the DVD player is the CD and it's playing the wedding song. And then I look down and I see my wife's panties on the ground. And then I look up and I look up and I see her naked in the shower. And I think, oh, that's kind of sweet. She's in the shower. What a perfect thing. I'm going to find her and maybe I'll go in there. We never fuck in the shower anymore. Maybe today we will. I pull the curtain back and there's the fucking history teacher with tenure. And you know what he says to me? You should probably go. That's what he says to me. So yeah, I snapped. I almost beat him to death. But then I get fucking chastised for it. I get that I'm parallel to my father. I don't think so. All right. Can you talk about something that you did before or after? Yeah, about a week before the incident, I called the cops and I told them that my wife and the history guy were plotting against me by embezzling money from the local high school, which... Wasn't true, it was a delusion. And we later found out from the hospital that's because I'm, uh... Undiagnosed bipolar. Yeah. With mood swings and weird thinking brought on by severe stress, which rarely happens, thank God. And then the shower incident happened, and that, that's when everything stopped, so... I then realized that, oh, oh, wow, you know, I've been dealing with this my whole life. We realized it's a little bit more violent than maybe we initially <laughs> anticipated. But even his, like, recounting of it, the way he says it is funny, which, again, I mean, I don't know if it's supposed to be, but he's like, so, yeah, I almost beat him to death. <laughs> As if it's nothing. Yeah. But he tells it also in a way where he fixates on not the even the act of what's happening but the fact that the guy said i think you should leave oh right and you're like Which, yeah you know what you know that what? guy deserved it you know, i don't know what when i was watching this I, I was thinking like for some reason that made me think of you i was like i could see that being the thing that like pissed you off the most yeah, well yeah <laughs> i, I kind of related i'm like yeah i think you should probably leave. yeah absolutely <laughs> he's okay so he comes home early from work unexpectedly unexpectedly in the sense it's something that he usually doesn't do he is walking upstairs he's seeing his wife's clothes on the floor not really piecing it together that song by stevie wonder's playing he sees that his wife is in the shower he goes into the bathroom and pulls the curtain back and this guy this history teacher who i can't believe that this is the guy i know just humiliating yeah i mean it's basically that fucking guy from princess bride (laughs) wallace john yeah yeah. he's the same hair Pat snaps, almost kills the guy by right. beating him up. This is the incident that sends him into the mental facility. It is that and thing, though. Like, the guy's like, I think you should probably leave. All right, motherfucker. This is my house. Yeah, I know. It's bad enough that. That it, would inspire a, me to be sex, like, I think But, like, he's basically in the shower on his knees. So, like, his face was, like, in your wife's oh, vagina. No. Yeah. I mean, just such an intimate act. And really? he's saying, I think you should leave. I'm surprised he didn't kill him. Yeah. I'm getting fired up right now. Same. <laughs> it's actually kind of disturbing how much I relate <laughs> to the crazy version of that. Yeah. This incident, of course, scares Nikki because it's so violent and she gets a restraining order. It scares, and, I think, like beyond Nikki. And I guess the idea is that they get divorced because in all of the things that you read about the description of the plot, she's referred to as an ex-wife. So somehow... he Did he sign a paper? I mean, I don't Is there know. a loophole? Well, I don't know. I mean, I do think there are certain situations where 
it's mean, just like just because the other person doesn't sign a paper doesn't mean it's not happening. Well, I mean, it's just like as soon as an incident like this happens, no documentation needed. It's just like <laughs> the divorce. marriage is voided. Yeah, right. It's actually just annulled. Yep. Dr. Patel, of course, wants him to get on medication. He's trying to refuse the medication. He also starts running a lot with a garbage bag on, which is funny because <laughs> yeah. his dad and mom are always like, what's with the garbage bag? It's kind of just like a recurring joke. Obviously, we never see it, but he was supposed to be like fat. Yeah, he's he's coming out of this place having lost a lot of weight, starting exercising. So it seems like in terms of trying to improve himself, he's done the physical aspect of it, but he's in denial about the mental aspect of it. Because even sure, when he talks yeah. to, to Dr. Patel... He's honest about it, but then he's, he'll say, like, which rarely happens, thank God, or whatever. <laughs> right, yeah. Or I used to not understand, but now I do, kind of. And, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Where he doesn't want to, like, fully give himself right. over to the problem. He's acting like, I'm good, I've gotten over that, like, yeah. I don't have my, own, my old issues. Even though he's, like, still doing insane things, like throwing a book out the window. So he goes on this run, he runs by the school, which he's not really supposed to do, and he sees the old principal oh, i yeah. guess the old boss nancy which Her, she like freaks out yeah not stoked to see him that's pretty funny and then he runs to see ronnie played by john ortiz and ronnie is like his friend i'm not really sure a big part of this movie is the like, interrelationships between all the characters i don't get it if nikki and i guess which, it's supposed to be like a close-knit neighborhood where people have lived there a long time and everyone knows the families and stuff. By the way, loved Julia Stiles popping up in this movie. Julia Stiles is so hot in this movie. I think so too. It's because she's such a bitch, which I'm just like so oh attracted my God. to. You know, <laughs> um, but, but it's like, also weird that his name is Ronnie and she's Veronica. Yeah, <laughs> because Ronnie I, is right. a nickname for Veronica. Yeah, yeah. but like so the two Ronnies. It feels like Veronica and Nikki was really the friendship. Maybe, possibly. I don't um, know, but they're all connected. It's like he kind of knows of Veronica's sister before she gets there that one time because he's like, oh, Tiffany and Tommy. And it's like, well, Tommy's dead. At one point when Pat gets back from somewhere at his house, Ronnie's already there and yeah. Pat's brother is there. And that's also, I think, when Danny is there. So, I mean, I don't like, know. Well, it seems like everybody like, just knows, knows Pat's each brother other. Too. Right, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of hard to figure out but the interrelationships between all the characters factors into the plot because pat is convinced that everyone from dr patel to the police officer that we haven't met yet to veronica and ronnie to tiffany everyone is apparently reporting back to nikki on his behavior and you're like okay that's crazy obviously that's not really happening and yet I don't know. It does seem like everyone knows each other, including the thing about, like, um, Nikki. Uh, true. The other weird thing about Jennifer Lawrence being, like, best actress for this movie or whatever is, like, I feel like you and I have talked to, about a lot of the movies so far. She doesn't Tiffany show up until up 25 yet. minutes yeah. in, okay. which is disturbing that we're only 25 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> we're not even, because she hasn't shown up yet. I know, yeah. we got to speed this up. Sure, let's go. One thing that we should touch on, though, is throughout the movie, Pat Sr. has this desire to spend time with Pat. It usually revolves around the Eagles, watching the Eagles play. At one point, it's funny whenever they're having that emotional thing where Pat Sr. comes into his room and is like sitting on his bed. And he's like, I think we should spend this time together. I think we we should spend it talking about the Eagles, reading about the Eagles. (laughs) 
to try to improve oh, yeah. the juju or whatever. I was like, <laughs> that's so funny. Like, I want to spend time with you reading about the Eagles. Well, I certainly enjoy superstition and, like, revolving everything around, like, a sports team. Well, as soon as you started getting involved with the other stuff, everything went to shit. Like, we haven't won a game since then. Yeah, and it's all tied in with this other guy, Randy, who is also a bookmaker guy who takes bets. I don't know. But he seems Everyone to be like a Cowboys fan. Like, you know, you find out later that like Tiffany's dad and yeah. dad. So like, yeah, even Tiffany's parents somehow seem to know everyone. I mean, I bet in the book, everything's a lot more connected. It makes more sense. Everyone came from the same neighborhood. Everyone knows right. each other right. kind of a thing or something. When Pat gets home from his run, Officer Keo shows up. Oh, yeah. Because he wasn't supposed to go to his old house or the this school. This is his neighborhood beat. So clearly a residential neighborhood, not anywhere near a crime area. I forget, like, what... There was, like, a specific neighborhood it was supposed to be, but I I can't remember now. But it's, like, a suburb of Philly. Sure, I know, but it seems, like, on the nicer end. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Ronnie and Veronica want Pat to come to dinner. Pat knows that Veronica doesn't like him, but Veronica did say out the window did you invite him so that confirmed the invitation was real so pat decides to go wearing a deshaun jackson jersey you know what's funny about this too is me like losing a grip on reality and everything and like losing my sense of time completely it had been a while since i watched this so i was thinking that it was actually a brian westbrook jersey which would have certainly been years prior to 2008 yeah, well, I don't. I, I, I mean, I remember Brian Westbrook. I couldn't tell you what years. I've lost all sense. Yeah, of that. I mean, this is like the O three to O five era. I'm thinking for Westbrook. Yeah, and uh, well, wasn't Deshaun Jackson back on the Eagles this year? And just he just didn't is. really play. He was back. I think he got injured. Yeah, so it's kind of weird that he's still playing. Although I do sure. like at one point when they're talking about the Redskins, like Randall L. Oh yeah, did a play for them. <laughs> All well, right. and they reference the Deshaun Jackson thing, like the the spike on the one yard. Yeah, one. yeah. <laughs> which is great. So the dinner party at Ronnie and Veronica's, they've invited Veronica's younger sister, Tiffany, played by Jennifer Lawrence. She's this young widow, also mentally unstable. Originally, the character was supposed to be goth. Yeah. And that was nixed by Harvey Weinstein, of all people. So I guess we need to acknowledge that this was a Weinstein Company production. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of the Weinstein Company or the early Miramax stuff when they were still involved, you know, it carries a cloud over it. I mean, well, what can you you're say? You're going to have that. Yeah. I don't know. I they mean, were involved in a lot of movies, so. Yeah, I don't know if we need to repeat it every time they come No, up. we don't. But yeah. yeah, that's why her hair is dyed black. I was going to say she almost does seem like but There was a little bit of it was though. kept. I mean, the, she wears the cro- big cross necklace at yeah, one yeah. point and the hair is still black, but yeah, it was supposed to be like really heavy makeup and stuff. They decided, or I guess Harvey was like, no, <laughs> he needed well, Jennifer Lawrence to be hot, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's like a little ridiculous and hard to buy. It might have been a bit much yeah. with everything else going on. There's a lot of balls in the air with this sure. movie. And yeah. I don't even know if place. they successfully land everything. but <laughs> Mostly not. Yeah, I think that would have been one too many things. But Pat is blurting out all kinds of crazy shit. Oh, yeah. He keeps bringing up her dead husband. <laughs> all kinds of different stuff. And... You think like, okay, well, this is going terribly, but they seem to have this instant connection and bond over psychoactive drugs <laughs> at the dinner table. It's like your version of this is just talking about like allergy medicine. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm pretty much a straightforward guy. Oh, yeah. Just the number of the pills, maybe. <laughs> and despite Pat's complete lack of a filter in these conversations, sparks seem to fly and... 
when Tiffany wants to leave abruptly in the middle of everything before even the main course of dinner is oh, served, yeah. she wants Pat to like walk her home. And right. I love his reaction where he's just like making a face to Ronnie of just like, yeah, I guess I'm doing this. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Sorry. What meds are you on? Me? None. I used to be on lithium and Seroquel and Abilify, but I don't take them anymore. No. They make me foggy and they also make me bloated. Yeah. I was on Xanax and Effexor, but I agree it wasn't as sharp, so I stopped. You ever take Klonopin? Klonopin, yeah. Right? Jesus. Like, is it what? Yeah. Well, what day is it? <laughs> How about Trazodone? Trazodone? <laughs> oh, it flattens you out. I mean, you are done. It takes the light right out of your eyes. God, I bet it does. I'm tired. I want to go. No, 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 no. We haven't, we, we haven't even finished the salad yet, or, or the, the duck. I made the fire and ice cake. I said I'm tired. Are you gonna walk me home or what? You mean me? Yeah, you. Are you gonna walk me home? You have poor social skills. You have a problem. I have a problem. Mm -hmm. You say more inappropriate things than appropriate things. You scare people. No, I tell the truth. You, you're mean. What? I'm not telling the truth. Um, maybe I should drive them home separately? No, you can, you can drive them both home now. Stop talking about me in third you can person. Take, you can take You love first. it when I have problems. You love it. You love it, Vaughn, because then you can be the good one. Just say no, it. No, I don't. I don't. I just wanted to have a nice, I just wanted God. to have a nice dinner. What is your problem? Nothing's my problem. I'm fine. I'm tired. I want to go. Come on. Are you ready? You really, okay. really want to go right now? Yes, I really want to go. It's okay. been great. Okay, guys, the baby is sleeping. Sorry, I don't want to wake up the baby. Bye. Sorry, man. Pat remains one track minded on getting Nikki back, and it's brought up a lot. And even when he walks Tiffany home and she offers casual sex, like, hey, you can come back and fuck me. If you turn the lights off. Yeah. How many times have you heard that? Never. <laughs> You've heard the turn the lights off part, but just not the first part. <laughs> yeah, it's mo mostly preceded by, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, I'm married. And she's like, so am I. And he's like, that's. No, that's confusing. He's dead or whatever. And she, she starts crying, and then he's, like, yeah. holding her while she's crying. And then she slaps him. Right. I love this whole, like, transition, though. This is, like, a very well-constructed thing because it, it goes into that Led Zeppelin music cue, which then leads right into the wedding video incident. It all oh, yeah. builds up, and then the yep. song is, like, getting more frantic as he's getting frantic i do love her uh living in this fucking shed basically and it was like a garage converted into oh, yeah. like a right miniature house probably you know they're gonna end up on like some hg tv show and they're gonna be like well this is not properly zoned up to code <laughs> yeah. yeah we have to tear this down right <laughs> yeah pat freaks out he tries to find his wedding video it turns into a whole thing this part i, I will say and listen we say some things we say self-deprecating things at times. I, this is, like, so unbelievably relatable for me. Like, you not, always are trying to find that wedding not video. Not a wedding video, but just getting your mind stuck on something that you know you have and trying to find it. Holy shit, have I yeah, had Yeah, I like mean, this. I think everybody relates to that part of it. I don't know if they would take it to that next level where you're like... Yeah, not everybody would, but I would. <laughs> Where you're, like, fighting your parents. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, you just are so angry that you can't find the thing. I've and I've definitely, like, lost it over not being able to find stuff before. Oh, yeah. But I don't, I mean, I don't think I've been anywhere close to, like, this insane about it. It's kind of, like, one of subtly my favorite 
moments is just like when his mom is digging through boxes looking for it. <laughs> well, what do you think is going on? Do you think they are intentionally hiding the video? Do you think they don't have it anymore? Or do you think it's just like they can't find it? I'm thinking it really is just like they can't find it. Well, I would think it's more intentional, except they have so many fucking videotapes. His dad has taped every Eagles game, which, by the way, also relatable. (laughs) (laughs) Probably taped over the wedding. Oh, yeah. The amount of shit that I used to just, like, record onto VHS tapes. (laughs) The next day, I guess, Tiffany interrupts one of Pat's jogs, and he's kind of pushing her away, and she seems, like, very insistent on getting to know him, which... When you break this all down yeah, and you get really to the end is. of the movie, you don't really know why she's doing this. His behavior yeah. is explained in the end of the movie, which is, and Dr. Patel nails it right away. You're scared of how attracted you are to her, and you know you have this one-track mind about Nikki, and this is like interfering with that. And it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. From her perspective, I don't really understand why. I'd be like, this dude's kind of an asshole. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Bradley Cooper's a good-looking guy, but he doesn't seem interested at all, That's what I mean. and he's if, kind of a dick. Even if she was attracted to him, I feel like, in my experience in life, you have <laughs> moments where you can really fuck things up, <laughs> and there's no going back, and I feel like he does that multiple times with her. Now, the one argument I guess I could make is that she offers herself to him sexually, and we know a lot of people have taken her up on that offer. And, she, and, and he, he, do, like, he yeah. doesn't, and he treats her differently from the beginning. And it's, you know, it's pretty early on that yeah, he true. does that yeah. whole thing with, like, sending that other guy away, and he does that whole speech. That's so, true. I mean, yeah, he's defensive of her. At that point, I get it, but, like, before that, I'm not really sure what's going on, but okay, I mean, whatever. She is looking maybe for a friend at first. I mean, I guess you could look at it like... And she feels like she can relate to him a little bit. Yeah, like it's more friendship-based. And she threw the sex out and he didn't go for it, which is different than how everyone else used her. Which I do really enjoy the part of the movie where she says to him... And it's like this like revelation moment where she's like, Oh, you think I'm crazier than you? Yeah, yeah. Because I do diner. think that's a little yeah. bit, like, revealing. She's attracted to him. I do think she feels bad for him to a certain degree, but also feels like she can relate to him. Yeah. But I don't think that it crosses her mind. I think she feels like she's in a better place than he is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think at that As far point, as, like, grip on reality. Yeah, I think they both think that they're in a better place than the other, and oh, she yeah. probably is more correct. Sure. She's just having, like, a hard time. It's like she's aware of reality. She just has a hard time dealing with it. Right. He and is he doesn't, like, he's like off in some fantasy land right. that is Fantasia. never going to happen. Yeah. Although the one betrayal of this movie, which I guess is just to add drama, but it is as if it will happen. In other words, if he decided not to be in love with Tiffany at the end of the movie, then maybe everything he was saying could have actually happened. It seems like he was on the right track, actually. <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird thing to throw in at the end of the movie. I get it. And I actually love it just because of Tiffany's reaction, which is so funny. I understand that Nikki and Pat were married. I don't think there's a lot of coming back from what he did to even like. I don't really. And yeah, and there isn't. And it's inexcusable. But I also I would have a hard time coming back from what she did. Oh, absolutely. But I just mean like within the framing of the movie, is she even going to this dance thing? I'm thinking not even. It's hard to say. Yeah. Probably not. Maybe, she, you know, she has, like, 
I know the but, awareness yeah, but, to be like, well, he has a real issue. Like, I, I want to support him. I want to see him right. well. It's hard to think that someone would be like that. Right. Which is what I mean when I say them throwing that into the end of the movie yeah. is just for the drama. Exactly. I, again, right. the logic of it is not really it, there. Yes. Okay. And it also defeats a lot of what you've set up, which is he's just saying crazy shit that would never happen. But then you're like, well, it kind of did happen. <laughs> yeah, and right. you're like, okay. Dr. Patel pushes Pat towards a friendship with Tiffany. He's like, look, she is somebody that's also going through a hard time. Maybe Nikki would think that you were a good person. I mean, everybody in this movie uses Nikki as bait, even <laughs> yeah, a right. psychiatrist. Yeah. I mean, I guess they're like, this dude is so crazy. <laughs> Let's I mean, just we try just have to get to him like, on the can. rails. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what degree of illness you're dealing with. Jennifer Lawrence comes into your life. Everything stops. Yeah, everything's okay, I feel like. <laughs> All you She's can hear is the chorus of Alone Jennifer, by heart. <laughs> yeah, Jennifer Lawrence in those yoga pants later oh in the God. movie. It's just like, I think I'm cured. I don't think I'm bipolar anymore. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm over Nikki. Listen, I'm good. Again, it's like everyone knows each other. I mean, I don't, I don't think the implication is that Dr. Patel knows Tiffany. He's just basing it off of what Pat is telling him. But the way that these scenes are done and cut together, it's oh, yeah, like yeah. it's almost like he knows who she is. Right. Everyone seems to just know each other. It's very weird. Uh, it's very possible Nikki was a patient. You mean Tiffany. Sorry. Tiffany. Although Nikki might have some issues too. Clearly. Tiffany interrupts a jog again, part two, and it will later be clarified in the film as to how Tiffany knows when Pat will be running. And we can understand the logic of those in Pat's life wanting him to move on from Nikki. And and I guess I'm not sure who set this up originally. If this was like a conversation that was had between Ronnie, Veronica, and Pat's parents while Pat was in the mental facility. I don't know who came up with this yeah. plan, but we get it. Sure. We need to give him something else to be distracted by. This Nikki thing is a nightmare for everyone. <laughs> yeah. But what is in it for Tiffany? Why is she doing this? Because it's one thing to agree to like meet someone at a dinner. But then nothing seems to happen, and he doesn't seem to really be going for it. Now she's gonna just run out into the street in a, like in while he's jogging and really put herself out there. Oh, yeah. What would be her motivation to do this? I don't really know what. It's hard to figure out because even if you can say okay, the jumping off point for her. Yeah, even if you can say okay, maybe she liked the fact that he didn't go for the sex. Okay, she liked that, she's but that intrigued. still doesn't really explain to me why she's gonna put on her jogging clothes twice now and run out into the street when he's running and interrupt him and be like hey like i it just seems like a lot i don't know the denial i guess just like got in her head <laughs> so he agrees to take her out on a date although he doesn't want to admit it's a date they're gonna he's gonna take her to dinner although he, at asked, this diner. he does ask her it's not like he agrees to it. He Yeah, I mean, he, well, yeah, he kind of was almost like, fine, do you want to go to this diner? Yeah. And she's like, okay, pick me up at 7.30. It's Halloween. I love it. They go to this diner, he, <laughs> he orders, orders raisin cereal. bran. <laughs> so then she Which orders are... tea, and, yeah. then, <laughs> and then she's like, why did you order raisin bran? And he's like, well, why did you order tea? Because you ordered raisin bran. And he's like, I didn't want you to think this was a date. She's like, well, it could still be a date. The raisin bran doesn't change that. <laughs> This part is where I get a weird departure from her character as far as, like, I can't tell what the deal is here. When they start going through this whole exercise of her, like, talking about, like, is she lying here? I All mean, right, wait, hold on. Okay. Pat seems to have this belief that everything he's doing is being reported back to Nikki somehow. 
is this delusional or is this real? I don't know. Their interaction that everything because yeah. she says something about like he says okay was that dinner a test and she's like i got the feeling that it was now i do feel like she's fucking with him obviously right but and she, but she's enjoying it or something but at the same time though i, I don't know I, maybe i'm just being confused by bradley cooper's performance and, and the character the way it's written but he's always like every time the cop gets involved he's like don't tell nikki about this and he's like telling dr patel not to tell nikki about things <laughs> And no one stops him, though. Not even the doctor and says, what are you talking about? I don't talk to her. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> right, right. And then Tiffany goes along with it and is like, yeah, I had a feeling that dinner was a test. And he's like, well, how did I do? I did great, right? I think I passed. And she's like, yeah, you were basically cool. And he's like, basically? <laughs> he's like, <laughs> yeah. how was I not cool or whatever? And I get that it's all, like, not real. But at the same time, I don't know. The end I think it's just the ending is throwing me. I that think, Nikki just shows up at this thing and it's like, well yeah, she's sitting there on a table with Ronnie and Veronica and then the officer Keo is at the table I, next well, to this, them somehow. I, yeah, it's insane. So it's like oh, was everyone talking to her the whole time? Well, I think the more you watch this movie, the more absurd and ridiculous it gets. The first time I ever saw it, as I often do with anything that I watch, I'm just taking everything that I see as surface value and that it's like happening. It just seems like this whole sequence is insane. We've gotten a little bit of the backstory that maybe she's a little promiscuous, has had some issues since her husband passed away. But when they start going into this thing where she's like, yeah, I slept with everyone in the office, including the women. And then she's right. like, okay, so first Tiffany offers to get a letter to Nikki, okay, who is still close to Veronica. And then the conversations turns to how Tiffany got fired, which was sleeping with everyone in the office. Yes. And then Pat's reaction to it, <laughs> which which is he keeps saying it. we don't have to talk about it. Then he keeps asking more questions, <laughs> which is funny. Yeah, right. I did write here: is this story real? And I do it, think it, that this came up in some of the negative reviews of the film. Now, this was above ninety percent of Rotten Tomatoes, but there were some negative reviews. Oh yeah, sure. And they would point out some of the absurdities in it. And I do think there are absurdities in this oh, movie that are not sure. explained. Yeah. And this one. If you think that you're supposed to take this story at face value, then yes, this is absurd. Yeah. The story doesn't really make sense. I, I don't really know how you could justify firing somebody for this in, in no. 2012. Well, I think, like, yeah, again, like, the first time I see it, I'm taking it all, and I'm just going along for the ride, whatever they're throwing at me. Beyond that, it starts to feel like she's just fucking with him. She enjoys it. I think it. there's, like, okay... I think in the universe of the movie that there's a version of her story that's true, but she ke- she's exaggerating it absolutely and making it more salacious because she sees his reaction to it. But then things go awry pretty quickly because I think okay, I guess you could say that like she's into him at this point. I think so, and he's into her, but he won't admit it to himself or to her. Obviously, yeah, he doesn't but understand yet. She's. I mean, for whatever craziness she might have, she's like a fun chick. And so sure. she's kind of like, I like this guy. And this is getting him going. Yeah, he's getting turned on by this. And I'm having fun turning him on. And that's, I think, what she thinks is happening. But then he shuts down that part of himself again. Yeah. Kind of like he it's did on the first night the when Nikki he was staring thing. at her chest. Yep. And then was like, I'm married. I can't. I'm, I'm running away now. Right. And then he kind of like, for all intents and purposes, slut shames her, I guess, for this. And she freaks out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this is the part you referenced earlier where she says, you think I'm crazier than you. Right. 
because he's like, She's I would stunned. never do this or yeah. whatever. I'm not like that. Because he's equating like promiscuous behavior with mental illness, which yeah. conflicts with how he react w- when he's like sending that guy away later who shows up at her door. Okay. Where he's like basically saying like, oh yeah, sometimes girls like this are fun and they're into it, but other times it's because they're going through a hard time and have a uh-huh. damaged wing or yeah. whatever. You know, he's doing the whole speech. And that's kind of in conflict with what he's doing here, but I think it's his defense mechanism is to like push this away from him now because he's realizing it's not helping in his quest to get back with Nikki. Yeah, yeah. So she makes a scene. Oh, yeah. By the and way, I, like, it, this is one of those things that, you know, makes me think about years back in my life, and it's like... When you had sex with everyone in the office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not quite. Probably just the men. <laughs> I can remember being in relationships, and I think that I'm certainly, like, guilty of being, like, the more crazy one throughout those... But there would be some dinners, like, out to dinner, and all of a sudden, the girl, just no problem making, like, a huge scene and, like, being super loud and yelling at me in a restaurant, and I just feel, like, mortified. Yeah, and the thing that's, like, really embarrassing is that at a certain point, it becomes, like, performative, where you feel like you're just acting out a part. You know what I mean? Like, there's no reason to be doing this other than it's a thing that people do, and You've seen it chill, in a chill. TV show or a movie, yeah. and so you're just doing it. It's like, you know we could do this in the car. Exactly. It just yeah. becomes Listen. this whole thing of, like, we're we're doing a performance now, oh, no. which you didn't want to do, and now you're in it. The spotlights are on us. I legitimately feel bad for Tiffany here, because it is kind of this betrayal where she is legitimately opening up to him in a way now, it may not be that the story's true, but you know what I mean. Oh, like yeah. I just said, she thought they were having one kind of a thing happening here, and he shuts that down and then embarrasses her in a way that's kind of like a dick move. Yeah, he pushes her over the edge through this sequence. So then she like storms out, she clears the table, she's screaming at him. He eventually chases her down. They end up in front of that movie theater that's playing Midnight Meat Train. <laughs> Yeah, I know. A movie that, that yeah. he is in, Bradley Cooper. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's supposed to be funny. It's some. I mean, at that point, he had already been in Wedding Crashers. It was from 2008. I mean, I guess it's like a B horror movie. I don't really know how to explain it, but it's just a weird joke, I guess, yeah. to put a movie he's actually in in there. And well, this... I guess I think there's some meta stuff going on in general because he's from Philly, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. So. <laughs> The NFL is so hypocritical and dumb. They were supposed to do an interview during a game or something with Bradley Cooper and Chris Tucker to like promote this movie, but then the NFL was like, they got all like uptight about the gambling yeah, in the, the movie. NFL. Meanwhile, gambling is like such a big oh, proponent of the yeah, NFL success. If they're so anti-gambling, why do they like list the fucking lines? Well, the injuries, like, like the injury reports, oh, I, are right. just for the lines yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I know. It's so stupid. Anyway, the continued scene in front of this movie theater, definitely reminiscent of my younger years. <laughs> a lot of stuff like this happening. At Just like, like a police officer pulling up. Yeah. yeah, you know. <laughs> Pat starts to hear my Sherry and more, even though it's not playing. Oh, no. This scene doesn't make any sense because uh, Tiffany yeah. somehow know knows this? that right, he's hearing yes. the song because she's like, the song's not real. Cops show up. Tiffany sees that he's really struggling and decides to help him out of it. I do like that, actually. 
I like that she. I like. Realized. I like that she does it. I just don't feel like it makes sense that she can just yeah, yeah. kind of explain a situation away. Well, that's and just true. be like, oh yeah, the kids started it. Those same it was kids, the kids just watched him and her screaming at each other. Yet none of the kids say anything. And some of those kids might have just watched him in uh, Midnight Meat Train, which is really weird. Yeah, and the one kid is David O. Russell's son. Oh no! And he's the one that keeps showing up at the door with the tape recorder. Oh, he's yeah. there. Right, that right, kid is right. in yes, that yes, group. Yes. Which I think is weird too, but she gets him out of any trouble with the cop, and then. But this uh, one of the great parts. This is when the cop recognizes her. Oh, he's like, "Are like, you Tommy's widow? Do you want to get, grab a drink sometime?" <laughs> yeah, and she, Pat's doesn't, like, she do doesn't do that, do that anymore. anymore. <laughs> I love that part. The night ends with her still agreeing to deliver the letter to Nikki. So we kind of glossed over that real quick to get to the crazy oh, yeah. scene. Sure. But yeah, it's a bold move and it's a bold strategy to just be like, all right, I guess we're going to have to rope the idea of Nikki into whatever's going on here to try to get him to Dangle that apple in front of him. I don't know what her end game is at this point. I guess you can believe her that she doesn't have one until eventually when she does bring up the dance thing. I don't really believe that she was thinking about the dance thing yet. I think she's just... I guess she was just finding she's going off the to cuff like, keep this right going. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's usually that's like that's like a me move. Let's we gotta come up with something else. We just need like another reason to hang out. Fake party. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Other people do fake parties too. They Absolutely. just don't call them fake parties. Yeah. Listen, everyone has some version of a fake party. <laughs> some people's version is a podcast called Fake Party. Oh yeah. The next day there's a pep in Pat's step. He's all excited. And then he goes over to give this letter to tiffany and that's when tiffany overhears pat getting rid of a guy who's come over for sex and it's just like this fucking guy oh yeah i, I mean come on what are your thoughts get you some hair yeah <laughs> <laughs> this guy it's fucking jennifer lawrence it does seem shocking it makes me want to kill myself yeah well maybe <laughs> you have a shot she's married now well she doesn't want that though so this is where she comes up with the idea to basically force pat to be her dance partner in order for her to deliver this letter because Tiffany's like really into dancing. She does these dance competitions. She wants to do a couple's dance. And as she says to Pat, Tommy, her deceased husband would never do it. And then Pat was like, well, he's dead. So he's never going to do it, (laughs) which is one of my favorite parts. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just like, could we get through a conversation without you reminding me that my husband's dead? (laughs) This particular scene is also hilarious because he's still bringing up Nikki and the whole thing. And she's like, well, all right, why don't you explain it to me? This is just in the middle of a street in the middle oh, of the yeah, day. Yeah. She's like, why don't you explain it to me, this big Nikki Love thing? And he does this whole speech. Well, we're in love. Which is insane. I can't give the letter to Nikki. Tiffany, what are you talking about? What do you mean you can't give the letter to Nikki? Because well, what am I getting in return? What are you doing for me? You said, you said if I wrote a letter, you'd I get know, it to Nikki. That was the setup? I do this time after time after time. I do all this shit for other people. And then I wake up and, and I'm empty. I have nothing. What are you talking about? You seem like you're a tough girl to me. Well, you just do things on your own. I always get myself in these fucking situations. I give everything to other people and nobody ever, I never, I don't get what I want, okay? I'm not my sister. All right, we'll ask for you. What can I do for you? I don't, I can't do that. Tiffany, what do you want me to do? Think of something. There's this thing. There's a thing, okay, what kind of thing? 
It's a thing. It's a thing. It's a it's a it's a dance thing. It's a dance thing. All right. It's a competition thing at the Benjamin Franklin Hotel. Tommy would never do it with well, me, and I missed dead, it every so single year. Would you please? No, I don't have a filter when I talk. I know you don't have a filter. Can we have one fucking conversation without you reminding me that my goddamn husband is dead? Okay, I'm sorry. Oh my god. But I can only do it if I have a partner. And now I'm about to miss it for another Whoa, year. I'm not going to fucking dance with you. What are you talking about? What? Your schedule is so busy? Grapes of Wrath and watching football with your dad? Dude, I'm not going to do a dance with you. Well, I'm not giving you a fucking letter. Wait a second. You, you promised you would do this. Think about it. Well, I already did do something for you, you know? What did you do for me? I took care of that jerk off that was in front of your house. What, Jordy? Let me ask you something. You call him when you're lonely? That encourages him, Tiffany. You shouldn't do it. Couldn't you say the same about you and Nikki? It's not at all like me and Nikki. What are you talking about? We're in love and we're married. It's completely different. How are you in love? Tell me about that. The big Nikki love. Tell me about it. I want to understand it. We have a very unconventional chemistry. It makes people feel awkward, but not me. All right, she's the most beautiful woman I'd ever been with. Wow. It's electric between us. OK, yeah, we want to change each other, but that's normal. Couples want to do that. I want her to stop dressing like she dresses, and I want her to stop acting so superior to me, okay? And she wanted me to lose weight and stop my mood swings, which both I've done. I mean, people fight. Couples fight. We would fight. We wouldn't talk for a couple weeks. That's normal. She always wanted the best for wow. me. She wanted me to be passionate and compassionate. And that's a good thing, you know? I just, look, I'm my best self today, and I think she's her best self today, and our love's going to be fucking amazing. It's going to be amazing, and you're going to be amazing, and she's going to be amazing, and you're not going to be that guy that's going to take advantage of a situation without offering to do something back. So think about the dance fight. Believe me, I've been delusional about sure. a relationship. I'm sure you There's have. Been some I'm sure things most people said have. In a Wendy's parking lot, absolutely. I've never said this kind of shit where oh, yeah. you're right. just flat out saying how terrible it is, but you are still convinced it's good. Where he's like, sure. Of course we wanted to change each other. <laughs> <laughs> We made each other crazy or whatever, and we didn't speak to each other for weeks sometimes, but that's normal. <laughs> it's like, I've never said that kind of stuff. Oh, I've yeah. been, right. usually would You've know. You've been in that relationship. But, oh, yeah, yeah definitely. Oh, yeah. All of them. But yeah. <laughs> I knew enough that if I was defending it, I wouldn't say the bad stuff. Oh, yeah. He just acts like that stuff's normal, which I think is funny. Pat gets back home, and Danny's out and at Pat's house watching the Eagles. Ronnie's there as well, and he gives Pat an an iPod and everything, and this is where Ronnie, he's dealing with a lot oh, with yeah. Veronica and the baby and his right. job. And Well, this is also happening at a time where, like, you know, the economy is starting to waver a little bit. Yeah, since it's set in 2008 yeah. and everything. Yeah, the stuff with Ronnie's never, like, fully explored, but it's very funny. <laughs> but the best thing about the whole, like, interactions between Ronnie and Pat is just how Pat's basically, like, Ronnie, you have issues. Like, you yeah. need to, like... <laughs> Pat was like so clearly like crazy and like out of control is like telling Ronnie how much. Like, he yeah, needs your to get marriage this, like... shouldn't be this fucked up. Yeah. It's funny though, you think like Ronnie's got it all going on. I mean, I don't know what the characters Smoking are supposed to be, but wife, like Julia Styles. Yeah, Julia Styles is like, I don't know, thirteen That's years like younger than that guy. Yeah. And Smoking hot, smoking hot, like crazy bitch, just like, you know <laughs> Which you That's I the love it, you love. yeah. Yeah. I love when Way Julia Stiles last dance. pops up and stuff. She was in Silver Lines Playbook. I know that was like a while ago now, but she was in Hustlers, which came out this year. Oh, wow, yeah. I love when she's in things. I love her. She's one of the greats. Julia Stiles, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> the new name of this podcast. <laughs>
Well, she wasn't 10 Things I Hate About You. Sure. This is when we meet Pat's brother, Jake, played by... Shea Wiggum. Podcast favorite, Shea Wiggum. <laughs> it's funny, the whole stuff going good for him, going bad for Pat thing. Oh, yeah. And then Pat Sr.'s like, why don't you stop talking about the stuff that's going good for you? <laughs> and then Danny's taken back. Danny's there watching the game with Pat Sr., and then Officer Keogh shows up. He's, again, got to go back shocking. to Baltimore. I, yeah, right. I mean, they're going from Baltimore to Philly. Now, what I do love about it is at least one of these guys that comes up to get him was on the wire, was a detective yeah, from Baltimore. Right. Which I, I – Uncredited because I was, like, looking through the cast to, like, see that guy's name. Yeah. And I couldn't find him on Silver Lines Playbook, and then I just kind of forgot about it. And I it. like to think that he is playing his same character from the wire. Like, Could be. He's kind of, like, retired from being a detective. The jo- He's, like, working, chasing down, escaped <laughs> – patience pat now goes to his first dance practice with tiffany tiffany tells him about how tommy died where basically she was so in love with him they were married for like three years and during the last few months of their marriage before he died she stopped wanting to have sex altogether and it was kind of an issue tommy went to king of prussia mall oh yeah the victoria's secret and then on the way back stopped on 76 oh wow which is a highway that that's true is right around here as well oh, yeah. we could take it we could hop on there all the way tonight the state. that's right and get over to king of prussia mall in about seven hours probably <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and got hit by a car on the side of the road oh and died. boy that's sad it's it actually reminded me a lot of like the perks of being a wallflower like the whole t- story of how the ant dies it's oh just yeah kind of just, although i mean not quite less molestation cool going the on. yeah <laughs> perks of being a wallflower <laughs> cool and then we we break into a montage of dancing and J Law hot as fuck in these I yoga pants, just unbelievable. Quietly cool soundtrack in this movie, like not something that you would immediately think of, but I like a lot of the songs that are in it. Yeah, me too. Did we talk about the odd? I guess we mentioned it. I mean, she's twenty one, and Bradley Cooper's like thirty something, thirty six or seven. I don't know. He's like in his late thirties. She's early 20s well it's like i can remember at this time following both of their careers just a little bit and like all of a sudden just seeing on imdb that they were going to be in like three movies together in the coming years at this time. yeah it's a real weird thing and i get it obviously we joke about it sometimes it's a well-known thing actresses of a certain age kind of get put out to pasture and then you you bring in a 21 year old to play a part where She's not really supposed to be 21, even the character. Oh, yeah. She's basically playing older. Like a 30 year old. Which or is weird and not something that you do all the time. Most of the time, you cast a 25 year old and you say they're in high school. You're playing younger. She wins the Oscar, so I guess you can make the argument that she's just good enough okay. that it doesn't yeah. matter and it shouldn't matter. And in a perfect world, it wouldn't matter. But unfortunately, we do live in a world where actresses of a certain age find it harder to get offers. And <laughs> yeah. there you, was like a lot of women. You who could were be like, 32 and be yeah. like, well, my career's over. I'm not getting offered anything. The women that were like 32 that were like auditioning for this role, they were like, we think maybe you'd be good for the Jackie Weaver role. <laughs> they did test tons of people. I said Zoe Deschanel earlier. I remember Olivia Wilde was on that list. I can't remember all the different people. And I guess, you know, she was a fresh face and coming off of a a nomination for Winter's Bone, I think. I don't know. It's just weird, though, that she 
ends up being in the three David O. Russell movies, and she's always playing yeah. older in all of them. That is weird. But I don't know. I think it worked out, but it's, yeah, just, it's, it's kind of a weird I'm thing. I'm good with it. Pat fighting his obvious feelings, which keep building up the more and more time he spends with Tiffany. And there's definitely a battle for Pat's time, because Pat Sr. wants to spend time with him. Oh, yeah. He wants to And the, the excuse is the Eagles. I think, right. I think I never really got that at first, that... It's not. It, they do say it later in the movie, yeah, yeah. but it's never that obvious because Pat Senior does act so weird about everything, about the juju, <laughs> sure, and, yeah. and the trying juju. to like get the superstitions and all this stuff. But yeah. like, it is really about like him not understanding his youngest son, and obviously Pat. Well, he's very a hard traditional. Time. I think he's having a hard time coming to terms with the fact that there's like some issues there. He's having a hard time. Like yeah, and he blames himself, even though that's not really why. But he does say that he spent more time with Jake, and who things are working out for. Well, he's saying that he the reason was, and it, this hints that yeah, yeah, despite what Pat says, this is something that's been going on for a long time because he says I didn't know how to deal with your behavior or whatever, right. and I think like he probably has had incidents his whole life, <laughs> and it just kind of went un- undiagnosed for a long time until finally it boiled up. Into an incident. Into a shower scene. <laughs> Danny ends up showing up again, this time at Tiffany's little <laughs> garage house. This almost makes it seem like Danny is not real, a ghost or something. <laughs> yeah, like no. I mean, I think it's just supposed to be funny. Uh, yeah, it, which it is. He's out again, and he keeps saying like, "He's like you fine." He's like you capital F fine. <laughs> yeah. And and Pat's like, "No, she's my friend." Friend with a capital F. And then Danny's like, well, here's some things to help out. And he's like dancing with Tiffany and Pat gets jealous. This is like and the he's like, scene. He's like, all right, all right. He's like trying to push her, push him away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I do remember like seeing this in the theater. This is the scene where like the Jennifer Lawrence like yoga pants were really having an impression on me. Yeah. 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 I remember it well. That and this scene. Yeah, for sure. And then the end. Also, scene, yes. Where she's like wearing like a midriff revealing outfit sure. too i mean it's just a whole thing mm-hmm. unbelievable yep everything with pat senior and his gambling and the eagles and the juju and the superstitions and all this stuff comes to a head when he bets heavy on an eagles giants game towards the end of the season which he then asks pat to attend with his brother jake pat has to forego practice time with tiffany to go to the game yeah this tough conversation bet will be all the money needed for this restaurant mm-hmm so kind of a wild move. When he asks Tiffany about skipping out on practice, this is also she's like, when she's fuck? like, "I have a reply." Oh yeah, to your right. letter to Nikki. And in this letter, there is a hint or a hope of reconciliation. Oh yeah. So that should be like the audience's the first open. clue right. that's that not real. something yeah. amiss here. It's not like some big shocking reveal to the audience. I think sure. the audience kind of gets it the whole time. Yeah, yeah. That. The fact that this would be like a thing that's actually happening, like her giving letters behind the scenes to Nikki. Yeah, totally yeah, betraying yeah. the idea of the restraining order and all that stuff. It doesn't really make sense. So Pat goes to the Eagles game with his brother and his brother's friends. Love the tailgate. Absolutely love the tailgate. Dr. Patel shows up. Yeah, a bunch of Indian fans show up in a van together or a bus together. And Dr. Patel is among them with his face painted half green. And some racist fans start giving the them shit. Yeah. And a brawl breaks out, and Pat is, like, doing everything he can not to get involved, but then his brother is getting, like, double-teamed in the fight, and he oh, jumps yeah, in. Oh, yeah, so you gotta jump in. 
they kind of get arrested, I guess. I don't really know what happens. I mean, they get taken out of there by cops, and <laughs> yeah. then they end up. I do like the references to Pat Sr. being banned from. For too many fights. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the Eagles end up losing the game. Tiffany is shown waiting alone at her little garage house. And then when they get back to Pat's house and Pat Sr. is like flipping out and blaming Pat about the loss, which this all of this together, including to where this goes here with Tiffany showing up, it's the worst scene in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Pat Sr. has lost the money, essentially. A bizarre deal comes into play. Tiffany shows up and they're all yelling at each other and for some reason... I'm not right. really sure what's happening because later we find out that Pat's mom is the one that's been like kind of setting this up and calling Tiffany and telling her when Pat was jogging and all this shit, which it gets revealed in this scene because this scene kind of goes on forever. Oh, yeah. But Pat Sr., though, is like against her and mad that Pat's spending time with her. Well, and so he's like, know. when she Stay shows away from up. that Tiffany. I feel like yeah, when she shows times. up, he's like, "It's your fault." Every time, ever since you were hanging out with them, the Eagles lose everything every game. Up. And then she does this whole speech about every. Actually, every time they hung out, the Eagles won or the Phillies won because I, I guess I think this was the year the Phillies won the World Series. <laughs> Who is this? We need Who's to talk this? right now. When you make a serious commitment to somebody, it is not cool to not show up. Wait a second. I tried to call. Oh my God, what's happening? this? I call. What I tried this? to call you, Tiffany. I oh, really? Yes. I told you I was going to split my time with my dad and you, and my dad was pulling me in one direction. Dr. Patel, well, that Ronnie. That's great, Pat. That's great for all of them, but all of them didn't make a commitment to me in return for my help. I'm Tiffany, by the way. What is this craziness with Tiffany Maxwell? There's no craziness. I told you this who she no, was. I was doing this thing with her. We had a conversation. nuts. Of... When you started spending time with her, it all fell apart. This is the, the fucking reason right here. You think I fucked up all the Eagles, Juju, don't you? Ever, ever since. Ever since he was with you. Ever since you he was... You think that I'm why today's happened. That's right. You are why I'm today's I'm the reason happened. why today happened. I think so. Let's talk about that. Be my guest. The first night that Pat and I met at my sister's, the Eagles beat the 49ers handily 40 to 26. The second time we got together, we went for a run, and the Phillies beat the Dodgers 7 to 5 in the NLCS. She's right, Dad. The next time we went for a run, the Eagles beat the Falcons 27 to 14. The third time we got together, we had Raisin Bran in the diner, and the Phillies dominated Tampa Bay in the fourth game of the World Series 10 to 2. Oh, wow. Fascinating. Let me think about that. Wait a minute. Well, why don't you think about when the Eagles beat the Seahawks 14 to 7? He was with you? He was with me. We went for a run. Really? There have been no games since Pat and I have been rehearsing every day. And if Pat had been with me like he was supposed to, he wouldn't have gotten in a fight. He wouldn't be in trouble. Maybe the Eagles beat the New York Giants. She's making a lot of sense, Pop. That's all right on all accounts. Does anybody here happen to know? With the official motto of the state of New York is on the official seal of the state of New York? Mm-mm. Huh? Anybody? Do you? Do you know? No. No. Excelsior. Oh, Look it up. Oh, really? What? Yeah. Oh. Excelsior. Oh, Pat. Ooh. Not that I give a fuck about football or about your superstitions, but if it's me reading the signs, I don't send the Eagles guy whose personal motto is Excelsior to a fucking Giants game, especially when he's already in a legal situation. Unbelievable. Wow. How did you know all that stuff? I did my research. It's also weird that Jake is just over there being like, yeah, she's right. How would he know 
when <laughs> they hung out. Yeah, I know. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. This scene feels like no one knows anything about football or gambling or anything. Or people interacting. It feels like it's very improvised, which is fine. I mean, I'm sure a lot of scenes in this movie were kind of improvised a little bit. Not like completely, but room to kind of say things. And it seems to get a little out of control where it's kind of spiraling a little bit. It almost seems like there are brief flashes where people aren't sure who's going to speak next kind of a thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, J-Law is trying to carry it, but clearly she doesn't really know anything about football, which fits the character. Okay, she says right. that she hates yeah. football at the beginning, Although so that's fine. But like, Seems to uh, have her finger on the pulse of Philly sports, though. Well, she does say, I did my research at that's the end right. of this okay. long speech. I don't know. I just think that this, this scene is so weird. And then it, it, it all ends with like a double or nothing bet with Randy. Which, why would Randy take this bet? Yeah, he knows he do- they don't have any money. The money's gone. What if they lose this double or nothing parlay? Why does he want to Randy parlay is this bizarre the, like bookie with a heart? It's like he wants to lose. <laughs> well, he goes like, "I feel like I, w- I want to give you another chance," and then she's like, "Prove it." And Pat Senior's like, "Yeah, prove it." And then he's like, "How would he prove it?" And she's like, "Double or nothing," because I guess the Eagles are going to play the Bengals next. And then she's like, "No, last game of the season, Eagles Cowboys, your team." Because he's like, "Oh yeah, throughout America's it, he's supposed team. to be like a That's Cowboys right. fan." So it turns into this whole thing with a parlay with the dance competition, which I do enjoy. That I do enjoy. I enjoy. A parlay. I guess I enjoy it just because it ties everything together. But it doesn't yeah. really make any sense why Randy would sign up for want this to do this. Yeah. Like, why would anyone want to do this? So Pat and Tiffany are supposed to score at least a five out of ten because they're like amateurs. <laughs> I love that. It, like in a semi-professional. A five would be thing. amazing. Yeah, I guess it kind of would be. I don't. I mean, it's hard to gauge what's happening. <laughs> yeah, what ratings go into this, or what the level of people who are enrolling in this competition is. It does beg the question: How did they even get in this competition? Yeah, I don't because know. you do look at the other acts, and they are getting like eights and nines and tens. Yeah. So again, maybe something I explain more in the book. Okay. Everybody seems on board for this. Pat Senior, Tiffany, Randy, who's going to take this bet. Everyone else, but then Pat refuses to participate. He's like, I can't do this. It's like too much. Oh, yeah. He goes outside and realizes that Tiffany wrote the letter, not Nikki. Now, the way that he does this yeah, is... Yeah, what is this click moment where it hits? She wrote in the letter, if it's me reading the signs. That's yeah. a phrase in the letter. Okay. Now, I guess he knows his wife, and he thinks, like, okay, well, she wrote this letter, but... That's not an expression she probably ever used. Right. Then all of a sudden, when she's going on this big speech and tirade and going through everything about the bets and all this stuff, she uses the phrase, me reading the signs twice okay. to really hammer it home. Not it's just once, she says phrase. it twice. And so then he takes the letter out and he's scanning it real fast. Then he sees that me reading the signs is in that letter. Yep. And so he puts it together that she wrote the letter, which of course should be obvious to the viewers anyway. Sure. We know it ain't Nikki. While he's out on the porch doing this, Tiffany, Pat Sr., and Dolores realize that in order to get Pat to dance, they'll have to tell him that Nikki's going to be there, and it's a white lie. Dolores is not thrilled. She's the only one that seems to think, like, maybe we shouldn't be fucking with this somebody who's crazy. This is playing with fire. Yeah. yeah. So it cuts to Christmas time. This is the night of the competition. Oh, yeah. The Eagles-Cowboys game will conveniently be going on simultaneous to the dance competition. Everyone is there. Yep. Including Danny and Danny's date, Whole Randy, Tiffany's parents, 
even Officer Keo eventually is there. Lo <laughs> yeah. and behold, though. Well, that is some of the stuff that starts to make some of this feel fake, like the people that are showing up. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe. Maybe I, I guess like, I guess this could be tied into Officer Keo. So lo and behold, unbeknownst to anyone that this is going to happen, Nick, Nikki actually does show up with Ronnie and Veronica. Which I do feel like this would throw Pat off his game. Yeah. Well, I, he doesn't see her for a while. Tiffany sees her first. Yeah. Oh, which actually it does shake her. This is she's hilarious. like Veronica. What the fuck? Yeah, this this scene is so funny. Yeah, yeah. Where she goes up to them, she's, "You're killing me." She's like doing that scream whisper. <laughs> right. She's like, "You're killing me," which is kind of sweet because. Oh yeah. Of course, these two are in love with each other by this point, and the audience, of course, knows that and wants that to be where it goes. It's a pretty standard. Now we're bringing rom-com. this bitch back in the mix. This is what I mean. This gives in to Pat's delusions and yeah, make, yeah. makes everything he says throughout the movie actually seem to come true. True. Which defeats a lot of it, but you kind of need that, that sure, wrench. Sure, that conflict. Because the audience doesn't care as much about Pat Sr.'s bet. That's not enough. <laughs> yeah. You need to it get these like two together. Hokey, but it's fun. We want Pat and Tiffany to get together, and you need that last hurdle. Okay. Or else the Nikki hurdle would always be there. You need to clear that hurdle now. We need to see him getting over it. Yeah, because even if they got together, if she never came back into it, then you'd always think, well, that might linger. You know, you need to. we need to get past it now. She starts drinking in response oh, to Nikki boy. showing up. Yeah. She's losing it. Just slamming vodkas. Pat does see Nikki across the way. and my, Not shook. My reaction was, wouldn't he start to doubt his conclusions that he had made about who wrote the letter. Yeah. So in other words... How did they get her here? We find out at the end of the movie. I mean, not to spoil anything. I'm sure most people have seen it. He writes this letter that he's going to give to Tiffany and pretend like it's for Nikki, but it's really for her, and tells her, I know you wrote the letter. I love you, all this stuff. When he sees Nikki actually there, wouldn't he... If he's like a little bit unbalanced, he's a little... Wouldn't he start to think... Maybe everything was true the whole time, and I'm crazy now. Like I'm, I'm wrong for thinking that Tiffany is the one that wrote. I the need letter. a session with Doctor Patel like immediately. <laughs> I do think that his whole assurance of what's happening would be shaken yeah, at that point. I would of think. like, huh? Well, maybe Tiffany doesn't love me the way I think that she might, and she really was giving a letter to Nikki, and, and Nikki really is showing up. And, and, and Listen, Nikki's here. Maybe I got a shot. I think I got to go for it. Or even if at that point he's decided that he is into Tiffany, but maybe he would have second thoughts because maybe she's not actually feeling the way he thinks she is, and yeah. the whole thing with Nikki was real. I mean, you know, it just would throw everything. Downward spiral. The Eagles beat the Cowboys. Okay. Pat finds Tiffany at the bar at the last moment and basically drags her onto the dance floor. Hilarious. I love it. She launches into this whole thing of like, I thought you were the best thing that ever happened to me. Now I think that you're the worst. I hate you and all <laughs> yeah, this stuff. Yeah, what a spin. And then he just goes, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> and then grabs her arm and pulls well, her Well, he all of a sudden has like this newfound confidence too. Yeah. Well, I mean, he also, at this point, I mean... It means a lot to his dad to win this bet. I mean, well, that's this is true. gonna be everybody's gonna be real fucked if he loses to this too. <laughs> yeah, how long will he be in debt for? 
their dance is actually kind of funny. I love it. Yeah. I love that they botched the big move. <laughs> it's just horrible. <laughs> and uh, everyone's kind of like gasping. A lot of their dancing is funny. Love the song changes. The yeah, that's like the one in. thing that probably earned them the 5.0. What's that? The song changes. Yeah. Because it's the only thing that really that they did that stood out. Yeah, some of their moves are insane, too. And enjoyable. I'm not even sure what their big move even was. What they were trying to do. Yeah, they never successfully did it in any of the practice <laughs> yeah. scenes, and then they tried on the Not only do they not successfully do it, it just looks so horrible. <laughs> what, you're, it, it looked horrible? You're you don't think me, I could do better? You're telling me you don't want to have that happen to you with Jennifer Lawrence? Oh, absolutely I do. <laughs> it's, it's an awkward <laughs> position to be in. They you know, Time of my life starts playing. <laughs> yeah. If this was Patrick Swayze, I think they would have gotten better than a 5.0. Absolutely. No question. But they do. They get a 5.0 exactly. I love how they do it, too, where it's yeah, I do 4.9s and 4.8s or whatever, and then like the last judge is just enough to drag it up to 5.0. Right. The other dancers are all like, oh, that's oh too my bad. God, that's too bad. I'm sorry. A lot of force. I, I... And then when they get to 5.0, they're just going crazy. <laughs> yeah, losing it everybody's celebrating even the announcer guy into the microphone is like i don't know why they're so happy with a five <laughs> yeah i do like how they handle the pat and nikki moment it's kind of a cool way to do it we don't know what he says to her though we hear the beginning and it's yeah. very like general but then he like leans in and it's all inaudible yeah he's like whispers in her ear what do you think it is like he's just being like sorry that shit in the shower was so fucked up yeah, I think it was an apology and... Bringing closure to the situation. I don't know. Do you think he mentions Tiffany? <laughs> like what, yeah. What all is he saying? I mean, is He's he like, explaining everything that's happening right that now? That you and I, that like, you know, you and I split and like, this is the babe that I'm with now. It, it couldn't have worked out better. <laughs> have fun fucking that old man, that's you right. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> with his old balls. <laughs> Yeah, if this conversation was audible, it really would have ruined the mood sure. for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> it was very petty. <laughs> but Tiffany watches this happening and runs off devastated. And there's a nice little encouragement speech from Pat Sr. about go after her if you I don't do it. this. I mean, I feel like he was going to do it anyway. I'm all in at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, bring it home. It seemed like he was going to go after her anyway, but it's nice to have this little speech there. And then Pat chases her down. And he hands her a letter, and she's like, just give it to her yourself. <laughs> and he's like, just read it. Would you just I leave me alone? Wait please. a second. I have one more letter for you to read, okay? What the fuck is the matter with you? Give it to her yourself. Hey, let me say something. You don't ever have to see me again if you just read it, all right? This is so fucked up. Yeah, just read it. Dear Tiffany. No, you wrote the letter. The only way you can meet my crazy, crazy was, was by doing something crazy yourself. Thank you. I love you. I knew it the minute I met you. I'm sorry it took so long for me to catch up. I just got stuck. Pat. I wrote that a week ago. You wrote that a week ago? Yes, I did. You let me lie to you for a week? I was trying to be romantic. You love me? Yeah, I do. 
it must be like such a great feeling though like when you are so in on this person and it's been like such a battle to get to this moment not only just to make sure she feels the same way but to admit it to yourself that this is how you feel and now you've you've committed to it and she's done this act by running out upset that confirms she's in that she's in like you know that you've already got it so you're just like he's almost like being cocky he's like just read it right yeah let's get let's come on just get to it and you've alluded to it or i guess just outright said it does he just start taking the medication at a certain point because this is just not the same dude that we were dealing with in the beginning i think so i do think they should have probably done a better job of explaining that because yeah he's acting a lot different than he used oh yeah but they do have the one moment where he finally like kind of gives in and takes the medicine i feel like that should have been played up more and and shown a few more times maybe to explain this I think when you take a step back from the movie and you try to just, like, look at it holistically, it is just, like, what the hell, like, this story is, like, two people who are, like, struggling with mental illness and we're just going to, like, put them together and then it's just, like, everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, he says in the letter, you needed to be crazy to meet my crazy or whatever he says. That's the explanation for the whole movie, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So he hands her a letter. In it, he admits that he knows she forged Nikki's letter and confesses to loving her from the first moment they met and apologizes that it took him so long to accept it. And the audience is just like, no shit. <laughs> like, we know. Yeah, yeah. They kiss and everything is great. And That's right. A it's a happy ending. At the house, family get togethers after this. We're all good. Yeah, it seems like Pat Sr. is going to be able to retire from the bookmaking and, and open that restaurant. Although we know that restaurants usually. A close. money suck. Yeah. Yeah. Most of them aren't successful. Sure. But whatever. He's old. Danny, still close to the family. He's showing up for game day. <laughs> and finally, it's a subtle thing, which I probably wouldn't have really picked up on myself, but. Neither of them are wearing the wedding rings anymore. That's right. In the yes. last, they make sure that you see their ring fingers a couple of times to know that they've moved, they've on. moved on finally yeah. from Tommy and Nikki. Okay. I'm feeling good about it. <laughs> and it's, I think the whole thing is that it's not anything special. It's not like as creative as like a David Lynch movie or something, but the movie wins you over, even though it's pretty standard stuff, just by being funny and really yeah. winning performances. If and was... you really do want them to just get together. Sure. You don't want there to be some sad ending or gritty well, yeah, ending. It depends. It's not that type of a movie. If you're me. now if I well, was... Some movies just aren't that movie. Yeah, that's true. But sometimes I do want to see just like the real version of this where it's just like they do get together and it's just horrible. Murder, suicide. Yeah. Immediately. (laughs) (laughs) I love how that just makes us laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, you know. All right. So this episode, of course, I mean, way too long. We're trying to turn a new leaf here and especially heading into the new year. Where we're going to keep this a little tight. I I mean, it's almost not even worth saying because we're never going to do it. Okay. It's not happening. Listen, I don't know what to say. We like talking about movies. We like talking about these things. I mean, if you don't want to listen, We like to talk about Jennifer Lawrence wearing yoga pants. (laughs) Who doesn't, though? You know what? I guarantee you every chick that listens to this podcast agrees. (laughs) Every chick. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well- do you have any recommendations for this one? Uh, no, no, nothing today. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say no for me as well. We'll take a break on the recommendations. That's true. Just to wrap this up quickly. Please. So stay tuned Put to a the stamp feed. On it. 
we gave you a little special Thanksgiving bonus. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a little oh. little something in your stockings Whoa. from uh, The Greatest Moments. How about that? Come Christmas morning, yeah. maybe. It'll be so, cool for me, but maybe an episode for you. <laughs> so maybe just pay attention to that, and we'll see you next time. If you're traveling to the North Country Fair Where the winds hit heavy on the borderline Remember me to one who lives there For she once was a true love of mine See for me that her hair's hanging down It curls and falls all down her breast See for me that her hair's hanging down That's the way I remember her bed if you go when the snowflakes fall, when the rivers freeze and summer ends, please see for me if she's wearing a coat so warm to keep her from the howling. If you're traveling in the North Country Fair Where the winds hit heavy on the borderline Please say hello to one who lives there For she was once a true love of mine That's my old iPod. Oh, buddy, thank you. Oh, That's so nice of you. Wow. 32 gigabytes. How many songs is that? 7,000. Yeah, oh, yeah, you got the Stranglers. You love the Stranglers. Oh, the Sex Pistols. The Clash. Clash. 
Oh, West Side Story. Yeah, West Side Story. It makes West Side peaceful. Story. Maria, just met a girl named Maria. Right, right, right. And then when I'm angry, which is a lot these days, I go to the garage. Metallica. Megadeth. I start fucking smashing shit. You gotta get your marriage together. I start breaking shit. And I hurt my hand. And I... Right, that's fucked up. Yeah, but it makes me feel better. It's like my therapy, you know?